Welcome to We Are Farmington, Episode 3. I am so excited that you joined me again. Today, I'm going to talk about self-care tip of making connections with others. So when you think about it, we're all in different situations. Some of us are home with families. Some of us have loved ones we care about far away that are living on their own or just friends that we know of living on their own close to us, but we cannot go and see. Some of us have family members in nursing homes right now and could just use some type of a connection. So thinking of those people, whether it's relatives or friends or coworkers, and what a smile your connection could mean in a day, um, a phone call, a text, an email, a letter, a picture sent to them, whatever that connection might mean, it could mean the world to someone else. And it could mean the world to you too. Making connections with others fills our hearts just as it does for the person that we're connecting with. So think about someone that you want to connect with today. Try to make a practice of connecting with um, different people throughout the week. It just might fill your heart. Let me know how it goes. All right. Welcome back. Um, I am meeting today with Nanette Suarez, a dear friend of mine. Um, Nanette has been in Farmington for 21 years. Uh, She was a math teacher for a long time and now is our data coach. Um, And Nanette, you are super connected with your family, right? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, one of three kids. My parents live about a mile from me and my siblings are in LA, but my dad's one of five kids. My mom's one of six. So we have family from California to Toronto to India. So Zoom calls are getting us through this. <laughs> That's great. I bet that is amazing. Um, I love all the stories that you have of yeah. your connections with them. And you even go out and travel to California. Um, oh yeah, at least I mean, once a year, right? Yeah, at least once a year. Normally, Toronto, we're usually there every couple of months. During this, obviously, we're not going. Um, and then India is probably every five to seven years. Just depends on life events going on. Um, last time we went was for my cousin's wedding. So yeah, nice. That's so cool. Yeah. So today we're going to talk um, about really the grading. Um, practices right now while we're in this pandemic. You were part of a work group with Christy Fifield and a number mm-hmm. of other um, a number of other staffs. And, and then mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about the grading work with this virtual learning. How many people um, yeah. in your were in your group, and what was that representation like? So we were a little bit less than 20 because we wanted to keep it manageable, but we also wanted to have as much representation as we could. So we deliberately, like we we had union leadership involved as well, besides Christy and myself. Um, and we also had special ed representation, but then we reached out to um, admin at both the middle school and high school. And the numbers that we had there, we also made sure we had those same numbers in the the middle school as well. 
um, making sure. So if we had four admin, we had four middle school, trying to make sure that we had admin in middle school from every single uh, secondary building and district. Okay. And that, um, that took a few meetings for you guys to come up with that decision um, about yeah. what was best for students at this time, correct? Oh, um, yeah. And can you... <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about like what some of those things um, the group took into consideration for this? Yeah, work? yeah. I mean, I think of of all the groups that were formed during that week after the executive order came out, um, this was the one that took the most meetings. Um, so we started with the executive order, uh, which had the, a couple of things like they wanted to make sure that we accepted work prior to the March thirteenth. Um, and before that students had opportunities to redo or make up that work. Um, but then the, the MASSP, the secondary school principals, came out with some recommendations. Um, so we looked at, <laughs> we looked at different multiple ways. We looked at whether we should just give grades, whether we should just do credit, no credit, whether we should do a combination. And, uh, and besides, we were also reading scholarly articles that were coming from ASCD and other, you know, uh, ed leadership type of things. And they were all talking about how this is not a typical remote learning experience, that it's really emergency <laughs> remote learning. Um, right. So then that changes what what we can offer. Um, we also were coordinated, coordinated with our group that was working with the how are we going to graduate our seniors? because they were not only figuring out grading for the seniors, but they were also making those connections with universities around the country, looking at NCAA eligibility and, and scholarships to make sure that our kids wouldn't be penalized for um, us making that move, uh, depending on what we chose. And we ended up literally on April 8th, <laughs> coming up with the decision to go credit, no credit. And hours later, the Michigan Department of Ed came out with the same recommendation. So it just validated that we made the right choice for, for our kids. So. Right. Um, can you speak a little bit more about that um, emergency remote learning? And if people haven't heard that before, mm -hmm. that this, um, this came up in one of our meetings, I think last week, um, mm -hmm. this idea that, that we are in emergency remote learning. And um, that at that time, was one of the first times that I heard about it. So can you just go a little bit more into that? Just explain yeah. what that. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times when we talk about remote learning, we expect it to be similar to other programming like Michigan Virtual, where they already have an online version of the way that they that they present material, that they grade. And, and we are in a situation where within days we had to be out of the building right the the meeting or the the order came on thursday night at 11 p.m friday we had a half day for secondary a full day for elementary and we were all leaving the buildings knowing we weren't going back um for a couple weeks and now it's become for the rest of the year so right. we don't have our materials we didn't have time to teach families or students how to connect virtually. Not all of us had uh, Google Classrooms or Clever or had the access to use it on a daily basis um, right. or those skills. And then we also didn't know 
how are we going? We knew we couldn't get to the same amount of content. So when you look at like a Michigan virtual, they're doing the same content that we do in a regular class, but we don't have those structures. We don't, we were not going to expect kids to be on a computer for six hours a day. So how do we make it a reduced amount of content that's manageable for families um, as well as for the families that we're working with, as well as our own personal families uh, so that we're right. not, you know, all the time on the computer um, or running off packets or whatever it is that we were going to provide. Right. And when we think about that, like you said, the shift was so, was so quick. It mm -hmm. was overnight that we had to, um, from what we knew at that time, be ready for like a two week shutdown. Correct. And then when we were home, we found out that we were not going to be back at all. And so right. um, teachers shifting um, all their practices virtually, learning new tech tools like Clever um, and many others that are out there. Um, but changing that platform in such a in such a big way um, when we were not necessarily prepared to make that complete shift, it mm -hmm. then becomes an emergency remote right. learning experience. It's, right. As well as the initial, when we first left, we thought we were going to just be doing review and enrichment mm -hmm. for two, three weeks. So right. we weren't moving to new content and we were okay with that. We were learning new tools, but then that move to new content just ups everything. And that's where we had to consider how do we grade um, for our students in this time. Right. And then the, there's that whole idea of of equity um, mm -hmm. around the whole grading practice um, yeah. debate. Um, and yeah. you guys took into consideration what is the most equitable solution right now. And this mm -hmm. is what you came, came up with. So can you kind of explain how this is the most equitable? Yeah, I think that was, I would say, our number one focus is making sure that the whatever we put into place was equitable for for our families. And there's things just as simple as the the technology, whether we have Wi-Fi or Chromebooks or whatever uh, within our within our family population, as well as for our teachers, um, being able to use those sorts of things. Besides the the access, also involves what are our technological skills and how can we use it. Um, and then our kids are also, um, you know, when you have multiple students in a family, or you have the parents that are also there, the Wi-Fi becomes an issue when you have everyone needs to be on on the computer at the same time. And knowing that for some people for work that's the priority like so they have to make that decision of maybe my student is going to watch this later and they can't be in the live version because i have a meeting for work that i need to be into and we had to, to understand that we mm -hmm. also thought about we're not doing the same coverage of our content through that we normally would do at this time of year so it wouldn't make sense to carry on with the grading the same way we were um, our level of engagement also is is a factor, the, the way we've designed our lessons, right? Because again, we were saying 15 to 30 minutes or so for our secondary kids for a class of work on a, on a particular day is manageable. You can't expect your kids to be working in, a cla in the classroom. You'd be there 45, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and then you're also assigning homework. 
that's not going to happen. And then the big thing for me was um, the social emotional health of our of our students and our families, um, because the the stress of this situation and initially going two weeks and then extending more and extending more. We have families that are dealing with COVID within their own family. We have um, parents or or guardians who are essential workers, so the kids are are home alone or with um, you know with younger siblings they need to take care of. There's also studies that come out that that came out that explain how much anxiety impacts cognition, um, yeah. and and I think myself as someone who does have some anxiety and issues that I've been at at times where like I can't focus. I can't imagine yeah. being a student and trying to focus during this time. It's just it's just not fair. I think we need to have compassion for our kids and just give them the credit and the space because that that stress, that anxiety could hit any time during this. It may not hit right now. It could hit in June. It could hit in, you know, two weeks later. We don't know where it is in their family. So yeah, and the, and not only the stress and anxiety, but when you talk about social emotional health, I mean, even thinking of um, this in terms of grief and the losses mm -hmm. that we've all experienced from this, our, our loss of normalcy in a school day, in a work day, as an adult, any of that, um, and even mm -hmm. um, depression, mm -hmm. um, right? feeling like you're social, socially isolated. I mean, my daughter is, um, she's a ninth grader, you know, and she connects with friends on FaceTime, but it's not the same, right? And it's so, you know, our kids, you know, are going through so many feelings right now, which is all okay. Yeah. Um, and we as adults are going through feelings, right? Like we probably mm -hmm. have moments of highs and moments yeah. of lows. And, and like you said, um, when you think of, class participation and experience of course we want to connect with our kids and have them engaged as much as they can but we know that there are some days that 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 is just not going to be the case and um we definitely don't want somebody punished mm -hmm. um with their grades because of something going on in their social emotional health or with their family Mm -hmm. their family's health, whatever it is. We know a lot of people are affected by the illness as well. Um, so there's, I know that there was a lot of things that you guys took into consideration. Yeah, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy decision. And you know, what was difficult is that every district is making their decisions all at the same time. So then everyone's right. plans come out. Um, and yes, you can see differences between plans, but way to do what's best for, for our kids. Um, and again, having MDE come out, the Department of Ed, and saying that they recommend. And then I was in a, um, I was in a webinar last week with Ken O'Connor, who wrote the 15 Fixes of Grading, and he too is saying we should be giving credit, no credit. This is not the time to make a judgment on how well a student can participate. Like right now, it's just it's a day-to-day -day thing for some of our kids right. as well as the families. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned um, your own experiences with anxiety. And um, I know that going through this pandemic, you're living by yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And there are so many people in our community um, 
that are living on their own as well. And um, could you explain a little bit of what that's like for you um, right yeah. now at home? <laughs> um, it's really quiet in my house. Um, it, it gets lonely at times. Um, for, for me specifically, because I have uh, some anxiety and, and depression issues at times, that it's too much time to like fixate or to think at times. So I purposely, when I knew we we're going to be home for, for two weeks or whatever, like I was making sure that I had some of my coping things, like my uh, my coloring books, my, that I had, you know, all the technology that I would need, like that I had music, I had DVDs, like Blu-ray, whatever, just so that I knew mm -hmm. that I would need those, you know, to help me through um, through this. So yeah, yeah. Only. How how are you um, making connections? So we know social connection is so important. Mm -hmm. And I know you are very social like I am, right? Yeah. Like you, you like to be connected to people. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? Like how are you uh, virtually or remotely connecting with others? Yeah, so what's different? Like in the summer, I sometimes have bouts of loneliness. Um, and, but what's different in the summer is normally like I can call someone up and beat them for, you know, a coffee or lunch or set up something. and can't do that right now. So um, one of the things I, I told my mom as soon as this happened is I'm going to need to call you every day. I don't yeah. normally talk to my parents every day because they have their own world, their own schedule. I have my own schedule. So I probably talk to them every two, three days or whatever. Um, like I said, they're a mile away, but I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to need that. You know, but I've gotten better as I grew older to tell her what I need. Um, right. And so I said, you know, I'm going to, I need to talk to you every day. So there are times where I've gotten busy and haven't made the call by like 7 p.m. Because um, we normally call right around dinner time and then she'll call me. So now, and we just, when we end the call, it's, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, I also, part of it is also, you know, my, my, my dad's 80, my mom's 70. And so I'm reluctant to have them go out and do their own shopping, though mom has ventured out a couple of times, but um, I will drop by their house with groceries. And even when I go into the house, like, you know, we stay away from each other. Um, she's the one who made me, sewed me a mask or whatever. And then really a lot of my weekends tend to be like video calls with, with family. Um, we obviously did, one of my aunt had one of my aunts had a birthday we all got on um for easter we all got on easter was the big one because we coordinated <laughs> from my cousins or my aunt and uncle in india to my aunts and uncles in india i have a cousin in switzerland i have family in new jersey the toronto family myself oh my, my parents and then my siblings in la so to figure what? out the time the best time was a little tricky but people were willing to get up early in california and stay up later in india so it worked out but i call text i mean thank goodness for the technology because otherwise how else would i make those connections <laughs> right right i have to go back to that easter phone call though because i think i remember seeing something on facebook how many people were part of that like oh goodness um we probably had 14 or 15 like households 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we're probably 20 of us at that time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you, I, yeah. I tried to do an Easter zoom with my family, yeah. my brother and his girlfriend, mm -hmm. my sister and her family and my mom and dad. And yeah. that was like, it took 20 minutes to work. And even then my mom could not figure out how to get the zoom to work. And she yeah. was, my sister ended up putting her phone up to the Zoom call so my yeah. mom could try to hear stuff. But, hear um, I mean, that's impressive. Like 20 yeah. some people in different countries. And, well, and wow. then we were all talking, why aren't we doing this every year or for every yeah. Christmas and, and Easter? Um, we So my a lot of my aunts have, my, my mom and her three, two sisters, have FaceTime because they have Apple products. So they've always just FaceTimed each other. But now we wanted to make sure everyone could be involved uh, at the same time. So I've been, we've been showing them how to use Zoom. And so, and then we also have, uh, my family and I have Google Duo on my phone, on their phones okay. as well. Cause it's basically FaceTime, but since my dad and I are Samsung and my mom and my siblings, uh, Lisa and Michael are uh, Apple, it's the one product that lets us, um, basically FaceTime so we can see all five of our faces. Oh, I didn't even know that 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 was an option. I no, I was know. looking, I was searching for Android versions of FaceTime and that's what I came up with. So Michael, my brother is uh, considered, I guess, an essential worker still working in um, California for SpaceX. And so he was literally walking around the neighborhood and talking to us, you know, as he's walking back to work. So nice. yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like in some ways you have become more connected with some family members through mm -hmm. this experience, like ones oh, that sure. are not local anyway. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think there are times too, where, um, like my, my family, whether it's family by blood or by choice, uh, you know, those, those people that are close to you know that I'm by myself. So they'll just send me a chat, uh, a text saying, Hey, just checking in on you. How are you doing today? You know, um, yeah. which when we were all out in the, all out in the world, we didn't <laughs> do that. Right. We would just know when we were going to see each other next. So that's so true. There are some things that like, I feel like this has brought light to me, like those people that I should, should be connecting with more that I don't just because in the rush of like, being at work and then going to a baseball game or driving to mm -hmm. dance or whatever it is. Like I just, those things pass my mind. And this has definitely helped me like stop and think about like what connections are important to me and who I have not connected with yep. in a long time, um, whether it's friends or family or whatever it is. Um, it, you know, it, it has changed priorities. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it also gives me a greater appreciation for the people I usually see at work every day. <laughs> I know. Right. And then yes. like just passing conversations. And then you like realize when you don't have them, how much you miss them. Right. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> just, I mean, the fact that you, your office is over in another building now, like you and I went through right. that this year. Like, wait, you're not here. Like just texting because we didn't see each other that often. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it definitely changes the different priorities mm -hmm. um, yeah. of our life for sure. Yeah. Um, so thinking of this whole work home balance <laughs> thing. So 
we were thrown into this uh, what, almost seven weeks ago now, it seems like. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you think it's easy or difficult to have um, a balance with home and work? I find it more difficult. I think there are times when we were in in office that I would I'd come home and I'd just disconnect from work. Like I could take that time and make phone calls or hang out with friends, go to dinner and all of that. And um I'm struggling with feeling like, oh, but you know, everyone's working and how do I help them at, at any time? Um because I feel like I have to be on. Like if I get, uh, and I, I don't want people to stop texting or emailing me, right. but I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it, it, it reduces my anxiety if as emails come in, if I answer them versus waiting till the next morning and seeing them all. So, so, and the same thing with text. So it just makes it easier at times. And, and like I said too, with, with being alone, there are times where work distracts me because I, I can't seem to focus, and this is just one of the, the issues, right? I can't always focus on just one thing. I can't just sit on a computer and work all day. Um, but so I'll jump to a book that I'm reading or I'll jump to coloring for a little bit, watching a DVD, and then back to my computer. And so sometimes work is an escape for me as well, um, yeah. which, is, which is nice too, helps fill the day. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So what do you, so, and we know that it's something that we all strive for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're like, some of us are getting better, but it's, it's not great that balance, but what are yeah. some things that you're trying to do to, to get some kind of balance? Yeah. So I got to admit that the first couple of weeks of this, where first we were all set home, um, those first two weeks. And then when the executive order came out saying we weren't going back, we're probably my most consumed. Uh, it's getting better now. Um, but so one of my big things, especially because the gyms got closed too, um, is I'm going for a walk. And whereas before, uh, I would feel bad about putting my phone on do not disturb. Um, I'm doing it because I need to not hear the buzzes from texts or yeah. emails or that distraction. I need to just listen to my podcast or music or whatever it is that I'm doing and just do my walk. Um, Cause it, it helps me like get, get in the right headspace. To, and I try to, <laughs> I like to go between seven and eight in the morning um, just cause I like to start my day that way. So that's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm also like when I get into bed I'm reading non-educational books. <laughs> so like, oh, so yeah. again, I'm not reading, not getting, cause during the day I may pull out, you know, educational books, take some notes as I'm writing, um, trying to think about the future when we're in the classroom. Um, but yeah, so that helps me. <laughs> I listen, I mentioned to you, I listen to podcasts all the time and I'll have them playing while I'm doing work or doing anything in the house. And I listen to a variety. Today I was listening to, together apart from the New York times. Cause they were talking about schools. Um, but then I was also listening to uh, a Broadway musical one as well. So like, I just uh, use that. I got the call map when I got the call map at the beginning of the school year too, when they were offering it in that two week, they were offering it free to teachers. Yeah. And whereas during the school year, I was probably using it 
I mean, school year, <laughs> we're still in school year. But when, I, when right. we were in buildings, I was using it at night to get myself in a good spot and to sleep. Um, so I use a sleep story still, but I'm also using it now in the morning or when my anxiety starts to get to me or I start to feel depressed or whatever. Like I'm using it multiple times through the day just to, hey, I need a moment to center myself. And um, yeah. it's, you know, there are plenty others that work as well too, but sometimes you need that outside voice like processing through, you know, take a deep breath, you know, right. those sorts of things, so. Yeah, yeah. and I did, I got the Calm app and it's, I did not get it free, unfortunately, yeah. but those sleep stories mm -hmm. um, do help. I listened to one on gratitude last mm -hmm. week and I definitely found it more relaxing and, you know, it's funny that you point out that whole the reading educational books before that time, um, yeah. because there are times when, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening um, mm -hmm. go through this, that when work pops in your head, whether yeah. you're in education or not, um, yeah. you know, like you're dreaming of what you have to do tomorrow yes. or what an idea that comes right. up or a conversation that you had. Uh -huh. um, right. And so, like it's it's so funny that you bring it up because <laughs> they're you know like taking your mind off of something other than work right before you go yeah. to bed it can help. Right. I've been trying to read um I've been getting a mindfulness journal uh -huh. and I've been trying to do that before bed too, but like sleep is so important, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of us are sleeping worse right now just because of everything going in our head. Um mm -hmm. whether it's work or just personal related because there's so yeah. much unknown for us. Um, but that but that is a good point. Putting in like some sleep routines, whatever it is. Yeah. And like like you said, the mindfulness, there's different mindfulness apps, but like some people think like drinking warm coffee or warm tea or mm -hmm. you know, different things like that help. But they're oh, yeah. um for kids and for adults, mm -hmm. um, sleep routines definitely impact how um how you are the next day and it can really change improve that your social emotional health so that's definitely yeah. something that people should consider yeah i think about when i was a kid my mom would give us milk or something before we went to bed mm -hmm. and then as you know but not everyone knows i had some um house issues so i lived with my parents for a couple months uh at the yeah. tail end of this fall right uh, november december and i got into a routine of i'd have chamomile tea because that's what my mom would do too so we'd both have yeah. our chamomile tea and then go to bed and i i really tried to carry that over too to this time where it's like i need something to help me just let go of the day and yeah it is it's reading you know nonsense and a fiction novel that has nothing to do with school that is that's mm -hmm. perfect to help get me in that right spot. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think that's great. <laughs> uh, so I so I have a few sentences for you to complete in, mm -hmm. in closing of this. Okay. Um, I am grateful for uh, family and friends who check on me as well. <laughs> I think I said this earlier. The technology that allows me to be connected to them. Yeah. Yes. I am learning um, how to to self care, how to prioritize my mental health. Um, I think a lot of times I just would say, "Oh yeah, I'll do that later," or 
I'll wait till I talk to my therapist or, or whatever. And to, to make sure that I'm prioritizing it every day to help mm -hmm. me through this journey um, without feeling guilty that I put my phone on do not disturb because that's what I need. Um, yeah. yeah, it's the, how to, how to make sure I'm, I'm okay. Yes, definitely. I find peace in Ooh, uh, walking outdoors. Uh, I, I love my daily walks. Um, <laughs> talking to my mom every day. Um, and then prayer meditation, like I said, that, that calm app, um, helps me relax. And, uh, as well as prayer, I, I watch mass every Saturday and, um, with my family, we've had a couple of people who have had, um, who've battled COVID, uh, 19. Mm -hmm. And so we were getting together for a virtual rosary online, like doing it through a zoom call. And so yeah. just that too, um, just to see everyone's faces, but also just to be praying together was, was nice. So, yeah. And that there's a lot of people that, um, look to faith right now, mm -hmm. um, going through this. And I know the absence of actually being able to go, um, to a place of worship is mm -hmm. difficult. And yeah. luckily there are so many virtual, again, back to the virtual, yeah. like, right. The ability of technology, um, yeah. like so many virtual things that you can connect to, mm -hmm. um, to, to still have some of that. I, I, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So to, to kind of sum, summarize, um, what we talked about today, uh, mm -hmm. the work that you guys put into, um, grading for virtual learning was consistent with, or consisted of um, representatives from all of the secondary buildings, mm -hmm. from administration to teachers and union mm -hmm. leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's teacher union leadership. Yeah. And then um, taking into consideration different articles, um, recommendations mm -hmm. from um, different organizations, yeah. um, from administrator administration um, administrator recommendations from the state level, as well mm -hmm. as MDP, the Michigan Department of Education, mm -hmm. and really thinking of what was the most equitable at this time mm -hmm. um, in terms of grading and thinking of that level of engagement, the fact that we're in emergency remote learning and knowing that mm -hmm. so many of our families and students are under a level of stress that will impact their participation right now. Mm -hmm. um, this was the most equitable solution to, um, to really yeah. come up with. Mm -hmm. And um, just even personally thinking about ways to keep connections with others um, that you're close to and how this has kind of helped us um, realize some of the connections that we kind of take it. I don't, I guess I would say taken for granted a little bit people that yeah. we know that are always there, but like, yeah. we don't always connect with just because of the busyness of our schedules and just right. the ability for us to slow down and really yes. think yeah. about who is important connected to us. And just that importance of making connections with others. Mm -hmm. Um, and virtual, thank goodness for like our virtual platforms, whatever people use. Um, there are so many options out there. 
Right. Um, uh, like, thank goodness that we we have some of those. And yeah. Um, yeah. I loved your tips on finding finding balance, especially the sleep, um, the yeah. plan on sleep, and how important yeah. it is to be able to disconnect from work at when you're sleeping and putting in some bedtime sleep routines, whether it's an app that you enjoy or a mm -hmm. book not connected to work. Um, yeah. And even how important that is for our students um, as they're going to bed, um, for them to have some type of a routine, it just kind of all, it improves our health in so many ways, um, mm -hmm. no matter what age that we are. Yeah, the schedule is important for everyone, not just, yes. yeah, not just adults kids too. And you, you talked about really giving yourself permission to set some boundaries mm -hmm. um, that you typically didn't set, but like you're, yeah. it sounds like you're becoming more disciplined, but I think that that's a lesson for all of us. Um, yeah. You know, it's okay to practice self-care and to turn off your phone and disconnect from work while you're doing it. Right. And so we talk mm -hmm. about how important self-care is for everyone um, but that also means unplugging from something else so that right. you can attend to yourself and your needs yeah. and really be in tune. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything fun. else than that? Any other advice that? No, the only thing that as you were going through that summary that I thought of is that for both the first part of our conversation, as well as the second, the word that, um, that sticks out to me is that is compassion. And I think I mentioned to you this last week too, like being compassionate for our students during while we're grading, as well as making sure we're compassionate to each other and having compassion for myself. And I, I just, that word continues to stick with me this week too. Right. Right. Because like you said, this is, you know, like we are going day by day, right? Like sometimes we don't know what the next day is going to bring for any of us, right? Yeah. And it's so important to have that compassion um, yeah. for everyone. In addition, I love how you said for yourself as well, like yeah. be, yeah. be compassionate to yourself. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy talking to you. Oh, I really too. appreciate your time um with me today and mm -hmm. being vulnerable and sharing your story with oh, us well thank, so thank you, you for having me <laughs> yes yes i'll talk to you soon okay thank you so much for listening to this episode i would love to help share your story or something that you're passionate about with the listeners. Um, you never know who might be impacted by the message you have to share. If you're interested, please reach out to me by email, by text, by phone number. If you just need a connection, please reach out as well. It doesn't have to be recorded. We can just talk. Stay strong. Stay safe and I'm wishing you well.